Doctor Who Fan Podcast, Episode 3. This show is brought to you by listeners like you. Want to help support this show? Visit gspn.tv slash donate today. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Doctor Who Fan Podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. And we're here to talk about Season 3, Episode 3, titled Gridlock. Gridlock. Alrighty, welcome back to the show. Stephanie, it has yet been again a crazy week of trying to record this Doctor Who fan podcast. What is this, like take four now? I think so. so On a completely different day. Completely different day. <laughs> uh, let's see, what is today? Monday? Monday. Monday. Well, I guess it's not too bad. We watched it yesterday afternoon after but church. But it feels like four days. It does feel like four days ago. And anyhow, it, it was just a little bit too crazy in the background. And so here we are today giving you our initial reaction to uh, Gridlock. Now, I say initial reaction. This is actually our second time through watching the episode. Uh, it was my first time. Was that really your first time? It was. The kids had seen it before, but um, but that was my first time. Okay, so the kids watched it with me the first time. Anyway... Um, I think I I picked up a little bit more and enjoyed this episode more the second time around. Now, uh, we have some listener feedback. I'm thinking we should probably go with the listener feedback first. Okay. And then go into our discussion of the episode. So first up, we have Maureen, and she has lis- left us a voicemail on the listener line. Hi, this is Maureen Paulini from San Diego, California, and I'm calling about the Doctor Who fan podcast, which is... Just a lot of fun. Um, I'm calling because in the last episode, number two of your podcast, you um, were puzzled about a reference that was in the Doctor Who episode where um, Doctor Who says 57 or 67 um, professors or somebody, just academics, just uh, shook their fists or did something. I can't remember. Anyway, um, what it was about, I think it was referring to the fact that in that scene, if I remember right, um, William Shakespeare had been flirting with Doctor Who. And the thing about it is is that there's been for a long time speculation that Shakespeare was gay because of some of the poems that he wrote, some of the sonnets, where they assumed that they were written to a young man. Also, there's another whole conspiracy theory that involves William Shakespeare and a dramatist named Christopher Marlowe. Um, there's some people who just don't believe that William Shakespeare actually wrote all of his works. And there, this dramatist, Christopher Marlowe, was a young man who was just incredibly highly respected by his peers in terms of his artistic abilities at the time. Um, he died under murky circumstances. Some people thought he was a spy. Who knows what? And... Um, So there have been rumors for years that actually some of the work that William Shakespeare, if not all the work that William Shakespeare does, um, did, was written, in fact, by Christopher Marlowe, who somehow or another managed to fake his own death and um, come back as uh, writing the work that then William Shakespeare presented. And Christopher Marlowe is accepted widely as having been um, a gay writer. So I think... The whole comment about 57 academics punching the air has something to do um, with that reference to the idea that Shakespeare was gay. Anyway, thank you for this podcast and for the Heroes podcast and the Lost podcast. They are just too much fun, and I really appreciate it. It's great to have a fan podcast (laughs) that's done for fans like me who are more along the Stephanie end of the Doctor Who scale. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Rock on. Thank you so much, Maureen. Uh, You know, I think we have a plethora of comments regarding the 57 academics that punch the air. Yeah, I would have had no idea. Well, right. And, but but uh, there, we have some more feedback. Let's see if it, it shows up in some of this other feedback because I, I think almost everybody did comment on that one 
question we have. But uh, next up is a very familiar voice to hear us here at gspn.tv. It's Fred from Long Island. Hey, Cliff and Stephanie. It's Fred from Long Island. Just wanted to call in about your Doctor Who fan podcast. Just started listening to um, episode one, season three, and I'm really enjoying it. I, like Cliff, am a lifelong Doctor Who fan. I was started watching uh, a little older than age eight, but let's say it was age, I don't know, 13. Um, also with Tom Baker, I've really enjoyed it ever since, whenever I could catch it. I know in the U.S. it's always kind of hit or miss uh, when it's on with PBS stations and whatnot. But uh, really enjoying your podcast, and uh, my only disappointment so far with the current series of Doctor Who is uh, the way the Doctor uh, turnover has gone. You know, we've gone for Christopher Eccleston in season one, uh, and then on from there. But um, hopefully they can sort that out, and and we'll have some... uh, Oh, and with the assistance, too. You know, we lost Rose kind of the same way. Uh, But hopefully they can sort that out. Uh, You know, Doctor Who is known for carrying on uh, as actors come and go, but uh, a little stability is a good thing. So really enjoying your take on it and uh, looking forward to continuing listening. Bye. Thank you very much, Fred. Wonderful to have you as a listener of yet another GSPN.TV podcast. Uh, yes, Doctor Who uh, does is quite familiar. Uh, it, it, is, it is quite recognizable, the fact that we have some turnover of the characters on loss. Uh, now, as far as I... What? Nothing. Okay, you kind of had left out... This you like, said lost. Did I say lost? You did. Crap. <laughs> anyway, Doctor Who... Ah, get my podcast right. So here on the Grey's Anatomy fan podcast. <laughs> so, no, seriously. Um, now, even in the old series, we went through companions quite often. I mean, right. e- even, I mean, even I mean, I, I've seen several different old episodes or been in the room while they've been on. And um, it's always a different companion. For, even for when, you, yes. For me, even when I was seeing maybe the same doctor, it was always a different companion. Yeah, I remember um, there was Adric and Tegan and... I don't remember any and, of them. Uh, I just remember R- them... Nissa and, and, and... All and, being and, very different. So, so, so. Th- there was Romana and, I mean, th- there was a lot of turnover of companions. So I don't think that actually... The new Doctor Who series has... Actually, I was surprised that Rose was the same companion in two seasons. Yeah? I mean, that's that's not uncommon. But yeah, for you, that for would... For me, it, that was... It makes sense for you to think that. But the fact that, that so I far... I her and it made me happy. I know. So. You miss Rose. I do. And obviously, we're going to talk about in this episode mm-hmm. that somebody else misses Rose as well. Uh, but however, it's not uncommon for... Um, for companions to to change up and i'm actually surprised that that you know there i think rose was around as you know as much as anybody i mean two full seasons right. you know and she actually made it maybe through. she was around too long because he actually fell in love with her there you go um and then of course now with martha uh being and, and you know i love martha i think she is a wonderful companion i like martha she is so strong she is Although, it, Confident. It, I mean, look at how long it took me to watch season three. I know. Because of Martha, but I do really enjoy her. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't her fault. I just, I just really, really liked Rose. I know. Because I, as a girl, liked the whole relationship between them. I didn't want to have to get to know somebody new. and Right. But to, but to see that relationship still kind of be kindled in in the heart of the doctor in both hearts of the doctor exactly <laughs> in both hearts <laughs> very good stephanie you're catching on that's awesome uh <laughs> that is so fun that's great my my wife is a borderline whovian uh, borderline <laughs> borderline so <laughs> but but there's still the relationship i mean martha obviously is interested in the doctor yes i mean totally really not being interested in being the rebound girl which she mentions in this episode she does uh but i do understand having one having christopher eccleston be the doctor for only one season is a little bit unheard well, you have of to, you have to wonder how much of that isn't due to his career himself yep. as an actor I, yeah mm-hmm. i i totally get where you're coming from 
but in Doctor Who, I think that contracts and stuff like that, when you sign on to be the doctor, it, it must be a minimum requirement. You know, like you, you signed just in blood or something. Something. <laughs> you can't, you just can't go over to the States and start recording episodes of Heroes. Well, he didn't. He did a couple of things in between. <laughs> exactly. No, I'm just kidding. But but I do understand your points, uh, Fred. Point well taken. All right. So Absolutely. now this next call is uh, f- somebody that is listening to our podcast that is a major Doctor Who fan. They probably will recognize this voice. Now, uh, his name is Paul Wilson, and he is from, I think it's the DWO Who Cast, uh, which is a long-running Doctor Who fan podcast Okay, based out of the UK. And Paul happens to know quite a few of the cast and crew and... That's cool. uh, everything uh, Doctor Who related, and I got to talk with him on the week uh, over the weekend about four or five weeks ago. Had a wonderful conversation. Realized, duh, I should be recording this, and so I told him <laughs> that. And he's like, "Well, we'll we can do it all again, again, some other time." And every weekend, he's like, "Hey, Cliff, whenever you get a chance on the weekend." Of course, I've always been so busy. I've not Skyped in on him until, you know, it's about 10 o'clock our time, and then he's in and bed. And then he's in bed, right. Exactly. So, uh, Paul, we're going to get you in here soon. Now, he did call in on his cell phone. I, I want to talk to Paul because I want to meet some cast and yeah. crew of Doctor Who. I think I think it would be awesome if some connection out there, whether it be Paul or whoever else, don't want to put Paul on the spot or anything, but if he could just find some way after we get established, you know, I consider to have a podcast established after seven episodes. So once we're established as a Doctor Who fan podcast, it'd be great if some contact out there could help us secure uh, an interview with with somebody of of the cast of Doctor Who. I think that'd be great or a director or something. But let's uh, let's not put him on uh, nobody on the spot here. But Paul, <laughs> now Paul was listening to our podcast and he called in fr- all the way from the UK onto our listener line here in the states, mm-hmm. and the call quality is not that great. He was going to send us an MP3 file uh, with the same commentary, but obviously he's gotten backed up because that hasn't come through yet. So Paul, I'm playing your original message from your phone from your cell. Hi, Chris. Stephanie, Paul Wilson calling from uh, the UK and uh, the DWO WhoCast. Uh, it's to answer some of your questions and some of the, the misconceptions out there. As for the doctor having a brother, um, we don't know about that. There's never been any reference to a brother. Braxiatel is not his brother. Uh, Braxiatel is someone else completely different. Um, let me see. Their reference to um, academics punching the air is a reference to Shakespeare's sexuality. There's been some debate about his sexuality and uh, him being bisexual. And uh, there was a bisexual comment. And uh, that's why the academics will be punching the air because it's confirmation that he was bisexual. Uh, what else? Um, the doctor's name, the doctor's name is not John Smith. This is an alias that he started using when he was stranded on Earth. We don't know what his real name is. We do know that he went by another name um, when he was in college. The speculation as to uh, whether Time Lords ever use their real name, as we've met other Time Lords, Rani, the Master, the Doctor. Um, we don't know whether it's renegade Time Lords that just make up their own names. Or because the Doctor is a renegade Time Lord, um, uh, so we don't know what the what the story is there. But we do know that the Doctor's not his real name. We know that John Smith is not his real name. Uh, what else? Um, uh, oh, yes, the the Queen. We don't know about why um, Queen Elizabeth is his sworn enemy or he's her sworn enemy. What we do know. Sorry, I'm at a train station, so. Please excuse all the announcements and the noise. Um, uh, Stephanie was making reference to Christopher Eccleston episode where he meets the Queen. It was uh, David Tennant's first series. It was Tooth and Claw where he meets um, Queen Victoria and uh, the the bad guy, I guess, so I call it that, the, the baddie, was a werewolf. 
And yes, he did make an enemy of Queen Victoria, but that's got nothing to do with Queen Elizabeth. Okay, guys, uh, uh, good effort on the podcast. You're doing really well. Um, there's another announcement. Um, yeah, keep it up. I'll keep listening. Um, and uh, hope you do lots, lots more. Okay, talk to you soon. Bye. All righty. Thank you so much, Paul. So here's the cool thing is that if we ever need to have like anything that we can't rely on Wikipedia to tell us, we always have Paul on our side. Absolutely. And I'm so glad that he cleared up the Queen thing because I forgot to go back in and look that up. So it was Queen Victoria that you and I were referring to and and had remembered. And so absolutely. Uh, and, And so again, he, the, I think that that's great because he's like, you know, why why is she so mad? And he's like, I don't know. I don't that's know. the beauty of time travel, you know, or something <laughs> like that. It's like, that's awesome. So in the future, maybe we'll see. In we're going four. to, see, yeah, we're gonna see somewhere in the future uh, a Queen um, Elizabeth uh, run in. So the only thing is, is we're gonna know that they're gonna end up as sworn enemies. Yes, we do know that. So. Anyhow, um, unless the second time around time can be changed. No, you can't change this. Unless for childish pranks Although every now and then. Although he did say, um, Paul did say a name that I haven't heard in a long time. What's and that? that? Was the master? The master. Yeah. I re- I re- I remember specifically what the old master looked like in one or two of the episodes that I've seen him in. Uh huh. From like the black and white days. Right. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, th- I haven't. Heard I think or the, thought of the master. The, my the master that I recall the most, I think his name was Roger Delgado. Okay. And I mean, he looked like a villain. <laughs> I mean, and and then I I think they well, had some an, people just have that look about yeah, them. The, Roger Delgado but, had that look. And then they, I think they brought in a different guy to play the master, but looked very similar. I mean, almost spot on. So, uh, did I just say spot on? You did. This is a UK fan <laughs> podcast. All right. Spot on. You're hilarious. That is funny. Yes, absolutely. Um, now we have our next caller. We have two more callers. Okay. This next caller is Becky. And, uh, I apologize in advance for her audio. I actually went in and tried to clean it up a little bit, but uh, I, I think what she has to say um, is important. You, I'm yeah. sorry, before you go to Becky, I was really digging the train station in the background. On Were Paul's you really? Call. Yeah. Awesome. So I hope it doesn't bother anyone else because I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, th- this one here is going to be a little bit difficult to hear, but we're going to we're gonna get through this because I think Becky uh, is a brand new podcast listener, not just to us, but podcasts altogether. Hi Cliff and Stephanie, this is Becky from Maryland on your Doctor Who podcast. I just got into podcasting literally like three days ago, so this is kind of new. I'm a huge Doctor Who fan and I love the new series. I didn't really know what it was until it started in 2005 with Christopher Eccleston, but and I was hooked right off. Christopher Eccleston is my doctor, but I really like David Tennant too. I haven't seen much of the older series just two or three serials with the, the fourth or the fifth doctors. That's Tom Baker and Peter Davison for Stephanie. But I've done a lot of research on the internet about everything Doctor Who I can possibly find. The history, the different doctors, the behind the scenes. I love it. Okay, um, last week you asked about the line from the Shakespeare Code, 57 academics just punched the air. That line, I think, deals with Shakespeare's sexuality, because some academics think that a bunch of his sonnets were actually directed at a man, and that Shakespeare might have been into guys as well as girls, but nobody's ever been able to prove that. In this episode, the doctor says, come on, we can all have a good flirt later, and Shakespeare comes back with, is that a promise, doctor? And the doctor goes, oh, 57 academics just punched the air, because apparently Shakespeare proved them all right. Uh, I think Sonic 57 is probably one of the ones under debate, which is why they chose the number. I don't know, I'm not a Shakespeare... Hmm, sorry. I don't know, I'm not a Shakespeare expert, but... Let's see, the episode you're going to be doing this week is Gridlock, and I just wanted to point out something that I noticed. It's kind of weird. Almost everything in Gridlock is reused. Uh, We've seen all this stuff before. New Earth, the Cat People from Series 2, The Face of Bo... Even the macro under the motorway were, were monsters from one of the really early serials. I think it was with the second Doctor, I'm not sure. I think it has to do with the Doctor being in a rebound from Rose, kind of. Like, like Martha mentions at the beginning of the episode. A bunch of the stuff that happened to Rose in Series 2 is happening with Martha now, and this episode is kind of like the Doctor starting over. He's 
he's really starting over. All this repeat stuff starts happening and it's like going back to the beginning, and I think this is Martha's real beginning. This is where he tells Martha about his home planet and being the last of the Time Lords, and this is where Martha really becomes his new companion because she knows. Um, okay then. Good luck to you and your podcast, and I'll definitely be listening. Bye. Becky, thank you so much for calling in. I that I mean, for being in the podcast for three days and she's already leaving uh, messages on a listener line, that is just awesome. And we really appreciate uh, you calling in. And uh, actually, she sent in that audio feedback so uh, by email. Okay. So uh, absolutely, she she backed it up. The only thing she added there was the uh, the fact that you know they're not only are they he not only is he repeating some of the things that he told Rose, but you know she's right. They're, they're, we've already seen the new Earth. Right. We've already seen the you know the uh, what the was face her of Bo. Uh, and- novice Haim. Mm-hmm. She was actually uh, uh, what was she doing cultivating humans? Yeah. Um, and so. Uh, and then, of course, like she said, the macro, which is the uh, the monster or whatever the 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 beasts, uh, they were from the second Doctor in the episode back then. Back then, though, they were they were kind of um, a, a an alien race that had turned uh, humans into uh, slaves. Okay. And in this episode, they were not, the Wikipedia says they are not sentient beings, meaning that they have de-evolved to where they're not actually capable of thought. They're just creatures that are are feeding off of the gas and right. stuff like that. So anyhow, uh, we do have one last call, and then let's get into some of the discussion about this wonderful episode. Okay. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. So here's Doug from Atlanta. Hi, this is Doug from snowy Atlanta calling for the Doctor Who podcast. Um, first, some old business. Uh, it's Freema Adjaman, the actress who plays Martha Jones. Adjaman, okay. Uh, it's a soft G. I did not know how to pronounce that at all until I heard some Brits on uh, on another Doctor Who podcast Probably uh, say it. So that's <laughs> for what it's worth. New business. I believe you're going to be covering Gridlock this week. Yes, and we are. Overall, a good episode, not necessarily one for me that stands out a lot, but but a good one. A couple of things. Number one is we see the doctor uh, dealing with grieving over you know the loss of uh, of Rose. We saw a little bit last week where one of the witches in the Shakespeare Code pulls that word out of his mind, but this week we see a little more of it, and I was a little more uh, uh, aware of that because just yesterday my... Uh, my daughter invited over a friend of hers who had been watching our Doctor Who DVDs and gotten up to the end of season two and wanted to watch the uh, uh, the season two finale with him. So, and that's the one where uh, it's the Army of Ghosts and Doomsday where the uh, where we say goodbye to Rose. And if there was ever a tearjerker episode, that was it. Um, but, so you see, uh, so I was able to to, to to get more of a feel for oh yeah it really was quite a quite a, a, a devastating blow to him and we don't really see it until uh, until gridlock uh, Doctor Who actually dealing with that and and trying not to make the same mistakes with Martha as he made with Rose anyway that was a that was a good little uh, uh, character um, uh, portion of the show also of course there's what is it that Bo knows. Uh, the face of Bo talking to the doctor, telling him he is not alone. Well, that's a seed that we, we're going to get planted. No spoilers, but uh, it will pay off. And it's uh, it's really a good uh, uh, it's really a good story that that is starting to uh, introduce. Have a good time. Bye bye. Thank you so much, Doug, for calling in. And yes, uh, we will talk about the face of Bo at the end of this. Uh, discussion. So let's go ahead and now. And uh, first of all, if anybody else out there, if you want to call in and leave uh, listener feedback for our show, you can do so by uh, giving us a call at area code 859-795-4067. And of course, uh, like uh, some other people have, you can send in an MP3 recording of your feedback and just email that to Cliff at gspn.tv. Stephanie, this, start, this, this episode started off with something that was very familiar to us, 
but maybe from a very awkward place. <laughs> it was um, the farmer and his wife from the American Gothic painting. Yes. Although you remember them from somewhere completely different. Yes. And of course, this is really weird, okay, if, if you guys can track along with me here. So I recall the American Gother farmer and his wife slash daughter, whatever she is, um, I remember them from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes, you do. Uh, and so they they had a, you know, obviously at the, the opening scene of the wedding, uh, the church scene in... Um, Rocky Horror Picture Show. They used that that same uh, character makeup, right? Of that in, of those individuals. Now, I, of course, even when I saw Rocky Horror Picture Show, I'm like, I've seen that somewhere before. And it wasn't until finally it's like, okay, it showed up in Doctor Who. So I went and looked it up <laughs> on Wikipedia, and, and sure enough, it, it's it's American Gothic, which is a very uh, famous American. Um, Art piece of artwork, right? Uh, probably they said probably one of the most significant or uh, well known art and pieces. Wasn't it done in like the 1930s? 1920s, oh, are you gonna make me something? look now? No, okay, no, you don't have to look. No, you've already got me looking. Well, I now. thought maybe you would recall by the. Oh come on! So you here, don't recall? I mean, we this is the fourth time Grant, we've attempted this. Grant Wood is the uh, artist. It and it was uh, done in 1930. 1930. Okay. Very good. So, and it is currently located at the Art Institute of Chicago. Chicago. And I would say that, I don't know, I, I guess it could be either his daughter or his wife. It, it they're, they're, they're not sure, so. I'd say it's his wife. I would probably say wife. Based on the way she's dressed. And based, one, based upon the way they portray her in Rocky Horror Picture Show and also now here in Doctor Who. Rocky Horror. <laughs> as if these are, are historical, <laughs> represent, truthful <laughs> historical representations. You're so hilarious. anyway, it was neat to have them there. Why have them a part of it other than the fact that it's like, okay... Um, the early part of the new re-civilization. I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, just anyway, it's kind of cool. I it just was it was cool. it was just neat. Uh, and one of the other things that just um, and, and here's here's the deal. I I asked Paul Paul Wilson from the DWO Who Cast. Okay. I'm like, okay, Paul, I, you've obviously listened to the first two episodes of the GSPN.TV Doctor Who fan podcast. I want your honest opinion. What do you think about this podcast? I mean, because you're you're one of those diehard <laughs> fan guys. And he says you he says you want to know it. It's it's kind of refreshing to hear our perspective on okay. on podcasting about Doctor Who because uh, he said that it seems like we find more enjoyment in some of the the less obvious things. Okay. Uh, meaning that you know, we, we, every there are so many people out there that are wondering. You know, they debate what's what's called Canaan or, can, right. what, or what's what what is Canaan? Canaan? Uh, anyway, <laughs> part of the canon. What what is accepted as albeit truth, whatever right. you know, and all that stuff. So many people argue. You know, th- is the doctor's name really Don Smith, and all these other things? And of course, we talk about a little bit of that, right. but we're not going to say, okay, we know definitively one way or the other, or even argue it. Uh, but for just this is just one of those things in this episode that I found enjoyment in. Is what's up with the bucket seats? <laughs> or the, the bucket seat in the, in in the, the TARDIS. TARDIS. I don't know, but I thought it was cool. I mean, here here's Martha. She's sitting down on the bucket seat. I thought it was awesome. And and it's like and then of course it's a it's not just a bucket seat, but it's a bucket seat in the middle of what's a made shift bench. Yeah. On on what appears to be some kind of shock well, she absorber. Needed somewhere to sit. I tell you, the way that thing throws people around. No doubt. I don't think even just a seat belt's gonna hold them <laughs> in that seat. Um, that is that's the other thing about this um, TARDIS that we have now. It seems so much more organic than anything I've ever seen in the past. It does. In the past, it's always been very. It's always been what I would consider to be a sterile environment. Even all the way back to William Hartnell, the very first Doctor. Is it's it's white. It's clean. It's very bl- you know bland. scientific. Exactly, very always. scientific, and uh, the. And and today, it it's almost as if it's it, messy. it you know and, and they've even portrayed it as a as a living being right you know she's alive <laughs> that kind of thing you know it's it's it 
it's it's very organic. It is. And and the it, it's it's almost as if Doctor Who has met Sanford and Son. Now does that <laughs> does that make any sense to you at all? Because I know to that me, you're younger yes. than I am. Come on. Well, you are. Did you do you, you know just who had Sanford? A birthday, so you're feeling really I really know, old. I know. I know. Do you know who Sanford and Son Absolutely. is? Absolutely. Tell us about Sanford and Son. It's an old television that show that used to be on about um about a dad and and his son. And I all I know is that ugly, nasty brown plaid chair. Okay, but do you know what the 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 premise of the show is that they actually owned a junkyard? Right. Okay. Very yes. cool. So so. Da na na na. Da na na na. All right. That's okay. Enough. But it, that song is gonna be stuck in my head for the rest of the night. But anyway, it, it's like looking at the panel now. I mean, before it was you know old Doctor Who TARDIS consoles were very science project, you know? Yeah. And today it, it's it's like there's doorknobs and there's this little twisty thing. A little, I love the little the twisty hand, thing the, when he's like the hand winding crank. her up. <laughs> it's like, what is up with this? Where I want to, I would love to see a Doctor Who episode that goes back and explains this major transition in the TARDIS. In the TARDIS, yeah. I mean, no, granted, with every Doctor Who change year after year they they had occasionally went and made some modifications to the interior workings of the console room um you know what and, and i'm sitting here thinking one of my favorite things about doctor who going all the way back to when i was a kid um is that you know we always see, there's always all this hoopla about the console room. You know, people open up the door of the TARDIS and they walk in and they see this wow, one room. it's bigger on the inside than it is on the out. And as the doctor stands behind them and, and he mouths it, it's like, yes, I know what you're going to say. But, you know, there's all this. But I don't... Have you seen how much bigger the TARDIS really is? Have you seen any episodes that really talk more about than just that? No. Because uh, I'm hoping they do this again. Okay. There, there's, there were a few episodes. There's um, been reference to actually, the attic where, you know, um, the the straw lady. Um, what was her name? I don't remember. What did they call her? The alien who sucked the blood with the straw. Oh, she I can't. So clean and tidy using a straw and wiping her mouth. Yeah, I don't remember like, anyway, anymore. Um, th- there was reference to her, be, there being plenty of room for her in the attic and... Was it her? No, it was the witches in the in the globe. There'd be plenty oh, of room for yes, them in yes. the attic for and, yes. um and so there's been reference to other parts. And other parts I, of I the remember TARDIS. um I think I remember Christopher Eccleston when he was the doctor referencing to a coat closet or something. And yeah. So Well there there were several older episodes. Uh, of the old series where they would actually because there's a door uh, that you can go through uh, in the console room you can go through that and there's a whole vast it's it's like this whole like ever expanding space (laughs) different corridors hallways Mm -hmm. uh, there there's I think just down the hallway is a wardrobe room which is where that's what he talked to that that's what he talked about okay so there's the wardrobe room and you've seen i've seen several doctors go into there there's this there's been uh several at least one or two episodes that i'm aware of that talks about the cloister room which is the is this um all-encompassing danger whenever there's this major danger there's the cloister bell that goes off which it sounds like one of those big town center bells or or cathedral bells you know doing whatever got it and so anyway, uh, and then I there I've seen um, there is a I don't know if it's called a manual control room. So it's it's kind of like the console room, console room, but it's smaller and it's and it's got another console in it in a different area of the TARDIS. Okay. I mean this this TARDIS is huge, right? I mean it's it's like it's like a big huge mansion inside of there. It's just not that one room. And I don't know what just brought that. Oh, it was talking about the different the, interior, right? So I I really. One of my favorite things about Doctor Who is really the TARDIS. I, I I remember despising several of the episodes that John Pertwee was in. John Pertwee being the third Doctor, the one who was actually stranded on Earth. They, they okay. he was he was uh, 
they 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 made him stay on Earth as a punishment, I believe, or something. I remember that. And I always hated many of those episodes due to the fact that that TARDIS never went anywhere. There was not a whole lot of inside scenes of the TARDIS. And well, I don't think there's a whole lot in a whole lot of inside scenes of the TARDIS right now. Not as many as I remember from what I have seen. Right. Of the older series. But the but the TARDIS is still playing a key vital role in so much. I mean, right. like, you know, they using it as a power source and, and all these other things. The TARDIS is still very prominent in all these episodes. But, man, I really miss the days. And I would love if season four of Doctor Who, when it comes back here in a couple of weeks, uh, I would love it if they would explore more of the interior of that TARDIS and, and really just show us, you know, some of the other great treasures that are inside that place because right. uh, it, it is awesome yeah i'm sorry i i, I got a little sighted i'm just that was like the hugest tangent you know we were talking we, anyway we weren't talking you I were talking. talking i was i was trying to interject myself <laughs> bucket seats i like it all right so martha wants to go to the doctor's planet and he doesn't avoids her question he avoids her question and uh, changes the subject, and then he just outright lies to her. <laughs> talks about how beautiful it is right. and stuff, but we're not going to go there now. Uh, instead, he takes her to the year five billion fifty-three. Fifty-three, and it was the new New York on the New Earth. It was the greatest, bestest city ever built. Right. It was the new New York. Right, and we briefly saw the face of Bo which we've seen before in prior seasons of season or of this new series. Right. Uh, and we don't know very much about the face of Bo. We just, we just know that he is somebody that the doctor happens to know. He, the face of Bo seems to be all wise and knows very much about the doctor, which right. is kind of unexplained how well, they he seem knows. to be friends. Exactly. Because the doctor saved him. In season one, I think. Mm -hmm. Wasn't that when we met the face of Bo and what was her name? The cat lady? That would be Novice Haim. Okay. Isn't that when we met them was was in season one? Because it was... Maybe not. I don't know. It's all running together. It's been a long time. It has. I need to go back and maybe start from the beginning. Maybe... Going into season four. I don't want to make any promises about what we'll be doing, but... But anyway, well, who says I need your permission to go back and watch them? Well, I'm just gonna say if you want to watch them, I'd like to watch them with you. And okay. by golly, let's record some podcasts about it. <laughs> I almost, I almost feel like that's a waste to watch television if I'm not gonna do a podcast about it. I, I can tell because since you, since you cut Prison Break, it's like pulling teeth to get you to watch it. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll do like a My Crazy Life marathon of Prison Break catch up. Since we have like five to watch now. Yeah. But anyway, the face of Bo, and uh, we see him just briefly, and it, and he says to Novice Haim, who we recall being this very bad person. Right. You know, uh, cultivating humans and growing them to, to... He is here. Yeah, he is here. And the face of Bo says, find the doctor before it's too late. And it's almost like, wait a sec. And she grabs a gun. Yeah. And so you think, oh, my gosh, what's going on? And the face of Bo is, is, are they after the doctor for some reason? All right. So um, then we see the doctor and Martha land on the new New Earth. And he kind of actually says a lot of the same things he said to Rose, which some of our listeners right. even pointed out. And that's where Martha gets a little upset about being the, over here. You want some happy? Yeah, come buy some happy, happy. <laughs> but uh, what I was referring to is she's a little right, upset about being upset. the rebound girl. Anybody would be upset about being the rebound girl, right? Especially after that genetic transfer, she's totally into him. She, I, I tell you, it's the d- genetic transfer that really did the doctor, and he totally screwed up with that one. Yeah. So um, men tend to. Yeah. Well. Anyway. <laughs> Ten okay, so Martha gets kidnapped, and we find out that the reason why she's kidnapped was just so that some folks could get into the fast <laughs> lane, so that they could go ten miles in six years, rather than uh, rather than like twenty four exactly. So. Uh, and then of course we are introduced to the fact that these people are all stuck in a gridlock under the city, locked in there. You can't get out. People are in there. I mean. 
children are being born on the freeway. Um, and these future style vehicles that looks I mean, everybody looks like they have a year five billion fifty three Volkswagen Beetle <laughs> micro bus, <laughs> which I don't know what's up with it that. Flies. That flies. Absolutely. It's like the hippie movie. Right. In fact, they even had a hippie. And they the, did. And a nudists. The nudists. I, I like the nudist when he jumped in and. They they almost looked a little embarrassed, you know, were yeah. like covering themselves, which nudists uh, wouldn't do. Right. So, so anyway, um, of course, the doctor, tr- you know, is trying to contact other people. And I loved one of the things that they said. And I didn't catch it the first time, but I definitely caught it this time and wrote it down. I'm sorry, you can't contact anybody unless they're on your friends list. I did. That was cool. <laughs> That was funny. Obviously, a uh, nod to the social media networking uh, that's going on uh, these days. Uh, So anyway, and then what seemed almost out of place but kind of cool at the same time was the the fact that everybody just everybody just stopped and in in a moment of silence, but then joined all in at once and sang in the hymn. Yeah, the old rugged cross. Yeah. That was pretty cool. And they ended the episode with a hymn also. Yes, they did. I can't recall the name of it right now. I know that I had looked at it before, but... Yeah, I don't recall um, now that I that we're here. But anyway, yes, the old rugged cross. And uh, so, so obviously they're portraying that faith was still a very real thing right. for them in the well, year I, 50, 5,053,000,000. I, I really liked it because, um, I mean, the, the words of that song... Are very powerful. Yes, they are. They are very powerful words. Martha and had tears in her more eyes. More than more than Martha had tears in her eyes. I know. Um, um, the the couple that the first couple that that saved the doctor off of the um, off of the dock there. Uh huh. His wife had had tears in her eyes, and um, and I think one of the old ladies did too. It it was pretty cool. Right. It was pretty cool. Absolutely, and so um, that was that was really neat. It, like I said, it almost seemed out of place, but no more out of place in Doctor Who than the fact that they made a big point to talk about having a lesbian couple on the right. show. Which I'm looking at. Um, I'm looking at the Wikipedia article for um, Doctor Who, reading that this is the very first time ever. Uh, that they have had. Um, really? Yeah, I'm trying to see if I can find it here. Uh, of course, I had all of this stuff um, set up and ready to go yesterday when we record, but now it's all kind of... Uh, anyway. Jumbled? Yeah, it's all jumbled up. All all my notes are everywhere. Anyway, but it, it, this is the first time that they've made a point to show um, su- such an outward-focused... Uh, appearance of of homosexuality or whatever in the well in Doctor Who in traveling into the future it I mean it makes sense to to bring it up because it's so much a part of what so where our a, society is today absolutely absolutely it only makes sense that it would be a large part of what society would be in in the future five hundred billion fifty three or whatever you, five billion not five hundred billion. I think we went to 500 billion, didn't? Isn't that when know. the world Isn't exploded? Isn't that when, when it was gone or something? Something I don't know. I don't know. So anyway, um, I mean, it's, it's not like that offended me or anything like that. I mean, right? But but it just seemed like thrown in there. It's well, kind of like I, now I, that we understand what the 57 academics just right. punched the air, which I would have never known. I mean, I'm not I, I'm not into Shakespeare to literature and and things like that. I, I was a math girl, but. Um, but yeah, I would have never guessed that that's what that meant. And um, and so, no, it, it didn't offend. But I loved that they showed, um, what was his name? Was his name Brennigan or? or yeah, know, something like that. Something Brennigan. like that. Um, that he called them sisters. And they're like, you know, we're not sisters. <laughs> yes. You know? and, um, and so that even, even, you know. Five billion years from now. Oh my gosh, now. no way, check this out. It says, the Doctor Who arrives at the motorway where he discovers thousands of Volkswagen-like hover vans. <laughs> and a traffic- I was totally just making that up. And here, the Wikipedia that's, article is actually calling them Volkswagen-like that's hover funny. vehicles. So, I apologize for cutting you off. That's okay. But uh, I just saw it. It's like, and it was Brannigan. 
Brannigan. Brannigan is his name. Pretty close. I said Brannigan. You were awesome. Babe, (laughs) you totally rock, babe. I'm telling you. So, okay. So, Novice Haim, uh, doctor's obviously looking for Martha, goes car to car. We see all the different people. It was very interesting to see the different people. Uh, Novice Haim, obviously, on her way. And then, of course. But, you know, they never show her having trouble breathing. All of the fumes that are in this the, is true. This is true. Tunnel. I mean, they show the doctor cover his face, well, and well, they don't really show her in the between the cars. But parts. I mean, even when he was coming in, and yeah. I mean, he was having to catch his breath, and he did grab the maybe because the, she's a cat, it doesn't the bandana, yeah. her handkerchief, and yeah, I don't put know. it over his face. It was weird to see him show. I thought it was the kittens oh, that as, was funny. as the children. Yeah. Uh, it, obviously, the, you would think that they would be more human-like, human-like, a- human-like right. or something. Anyway, uh, so um, I'm wondering. Let's see. She's been okay. That's that's about another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here here we are. We're we're led to think that perhaps there's something nefarious going on, and and that uh, something evil is keeping them down there. Maybe even the macra is behind. This mastermind plan to to lock everybody into this gridlock and they're right. eating the humans, you know, one by one or whatever. And it turns out uh, through the course of the episode that we learn that literally these people that are de- stuck down here for years and years and years, they've just barely they've they've been the people that have been saved right. from this virus uh, called bliss called bliss. <laughs> Which, of course, goes back to what we didn't really cover all the way. But you had mentioned the happy, happy, happy. Right. Uh, which is the peddling of these drugs, which are like scratch and sniff stickers. Only it's like you <laughs> just stick it on your you your stick neck. stick it right here on your neck and, and, uh, and you, it, know, you get that. They're mood, mood. Mood. Moods. Yeah. Yes, they're moods. And, of course, we see that the entire Senate, you know, it wiped out uh, the entire world. In seven minutes. Seven minutes. Bliss killed everything. And, uh, and except of course, for the people who were stuck in exactly, and of course, um, the face of Bo gave all of his life force, the power, everything to keep it running until one day when somebody right. might show up, being probably the doctor. the doctor. And uh, so yeah, just in time, they open everything up, and thus Doctor Who once again saves the world. I love, when, I love world. when they're all seeing sunlight for the first time. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. They're like, "What's that?" I mean, because the 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 um the two old ladies didn't they say they had been down there for twenty four years? Something like that. Yeah, and, and you couldn't get off any exit, so all you were doing was driving in a circle. I mean, literally in a circle, right? Yeah. And um, and so it went well, not necessarily driving in a circle, driving. <laughs> a couple miles down the right. motorway. Well, if they can't get off and it's complete darkness and covered in fumes, they could be driving in a circle. Right. Absolutely. But, um, but uh, I love when they saw the sunlight for the first time. Yeah, that was cool. So, so that's our recap of uh, season three, episode three of we Doctor Who. We didn't talk Who. about the end when Doctor, when the Doctor actually sat down. Oh yeah, and told Martha about. Told yes, I apologize, war. and of course the the final words of the face of Bo. Absolutely. So so let's talk about that. Okay. I'm sitting here ready to run the extra. You were. I know. I'm, I'm watching ask you. Ask for all kinds of donations from our <laughs> listeners and stuff, and it's like we just have to put that off. Okay, go ahead. So, well, um, I caught. Now I I I knew in the beginning that he had lied to her because obviously I knew that. The backstory of him being um, the last, the last Time Lord, but um, but I don't think that I caught that he lied to her. I didn't until catch he that said he lied later, her. I lied to her. Right, you know, and 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 he admitted it, and so then it it got you know it connected the two for me. So then when he sat down and he actually told her, you know, the story of the war and and uh, what had happened and and that he was the last and. I found it very touching. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it was very touching. And of course, the then the face of Bo gave his last of everything to I mean every, every bit right. of last of it, the last of his life force and he had uh obviously the face of Bo had the ability of some sort of time travel. Mhm. And um 
you know, which I can't say too much, but uh, he says that <laughs> he says he says to the doctor that you're not alone. Right. And of course, um, even Doug says, well, he's not going to spoil anything for us. But that's obviously laying a seed for something that will grow right. in the future. Well, even I caught that, and mm-hmm. and I haven't seen the rest of season three. Right, and so all I think I, I've seen a couple of more episodes. All but. I want to say is that this episode gridlock for me was just a ho hum episode the first time I saw it, but after bawling my eyes out, crying <laughs> at the end. <laughs> Of this season, when we get to the season finale for season three, right? This episode, I'm so glad we got to rewatch it because it, it, it those last few moments of this episode mean a world of difference to me now, okay, than it did the first time, okay. And so, absolutely, oh, well, we're gonna I, have to start watching them two a day now, <laughs> I know, because you so, want to get to the end, don't you? Now, I want to get to the end, awesome, awesome stuff. So anyway, folks, uh, thank you for listening to us. Uh, We are a listener-supported podcast right now. If anybody out there would like to contribute to our work here uh, in the gspn.tv studios, we not not only do this Doctor Who fan podcast, but we do a TV show uh, podcast for Lost, Private Practice, Grey's Anatomy, Heroes, and we also do a bunch of other programming. We do a, a, a Mac Help I Got a Mac program for those of you who just got a Macintosh computer or thinking about getting one. That's at helpigotamac.com. Stephanie, you do a wonderful podcast uh, devoted to just talking about all things related to womanhood and, and mothering uh, from the perspective of you and, and Sarah, who are both stay-at-home moms. Tell, tell them about that. Well, you just did a great job. <laughs> uh, the title of that podcast is The Full-Time Mom, and and it is just that. It is my best friend Sarah and I. We sit down and we talk about you know the struggles of, of being a wife and a mom and a woman. And, um, and you know, sometimes we just sit down and talk. <laughs> It's an excellent it's an excellent podcast and if nothing else do me a favor just go to fulltimemompodcast.com it's just fulltimemompodcast.com listen to one episode if you don't like it you don't have to ever listen to another one again episode 14 and 15 episode 14 and 15 are the best it's called true beauty part 1 and part 2 i will tell you you will be hooked and uh, this is not just for the women out there even the men are watch are listening to that podcast. But we do so much more. You can find all of our podcasts, all of them, at gspn.tv. And uh, we love the podcast. We do. We our, our kids are even podcasting now. And you can oh. check our daughter Megan out at the Hannah Montana Fan Podcast. Yeah, gspn.tv. Uh, and then look for uh, Hannah Montana. She's got more downloaders than one of your podcasts i know what's up with that that's pretty cool anyway totally awesome stuff thank you for joining us we'll be back again very soon with another episode of the doctor who fan podcast until next time join Join the the community. community